This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. Pink suits with hats to match. Big cracker dolls and Cadillacs. You looking for the fattest sacks? This is where it's at. Windows tinted, seats for lyric line. Keep the hands on the burner, cause niggas know that it's money on the Yo, what up, though? It's your man, Jay Johnson, a.k.a. the Tinfoil Hat Titan, a.k.a. the Conspiracy Realist, a.k.a. the Technology Snob, Steve Jobs Jr., Don't Text Me With Your Green Bubbles, a.k.a. I Only Debate My Equals, Everybody Else I Teach, also known as Juice, because all the hoes say J.U. Ice, Young Caesar, because you know you can't roam without me, Mr. If You Don't Like Me, Fight Me. I got kicked out of Noah's Ark because they couldn't find another animal just like me, a.k.a. If you leave me in the room with lions, Simba's dying. Come back 15 minutes later, I'll have dinner frying. I am the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. What up? What up, though? And it's your man, Dame Gone Wild, the West Side Landlord, the pride of PA, High Chief Dame Don't Fuck Around, the liquor store legend, the corner store conquistador, your mama's favorite Dame, and the David Ruffin of the Shop Talk podcast, because you know who the fuck they came to see. Not you, Otis. It's no better than these four letters. Let's go. Thank God for Dame. Welcome back. Shop Talk Podcast, episode 124. You know, I notice it takes us the exact same amount of time to finish our intros every week. I mean, we pretty much got it down to a science. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, like the last four bars. Yeah, you changed change, yours up. But besides that. Uh, I'm going to say on air, like I'm a, big, I'm a bigger fan of the, the Simba. If you put me in a room yeah. with lions, Simba's dying. But, you know, uh, I had to, you know, I got it to be the West Side T'Challa because it'd be a lot of West Side hate. You know what I'm saying? It does. And this is a very West Side podcast. Fuck yeah, it is. You know what I'm saying? Through and through. It is what it is. So uh, I am the West Side T'Challa and the West Side Landlord. And we, we, we police this bitch. We about to be so West Side tonight, too. Oh, <laughs> so what will my nigga Dirt say? I'm so West Side, it's a goddamn shame. <laughs> Damn, Big Sean stole that. Or maybe it was Big Sean that said it. Man, okay, that sounds yeah. like, sound like his case. I swore, I swore I've heard Dirt say it, too. He could have. I'm, you know, soaking up. Game. Shout out to my nigga Mo Dirty. Shout out to Sean, too. I just had to post his new video. That. Never mind. Let's okay. Yeah, now now we're good. Now yeah, we're good. yeah, yeah. That comes. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Offline. So, man, uh, how was man? Before actual week, man, we just uh, the connected experience was just up in here. Shout out to the homies AJ and SJ, and uh, they had TK Kirkland in the building. First of all, that nigga TK Kirkland is fucking hilarious. He's a funny motherfucker. Well, he said he was almost sixty. You ain't know that. No, the nigga looks like he early forties at best. Yeah, that nigga. He, he's uh, he's like fifty eight. Yeah, he keeps himself in impeccable shape. Yeah, he's a year younger than my father, which is crazy. Wow. I mean, man, I don't know what the fuck he's doing and where he found a fountain of youth at, but like... He found a fountain of youth. In Young Vagina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because he always would have bad one. Yeah, man, I watched... Uh, I probably watched like every T.K. Kirkland interview for a hot second. You know what I mean? I thought my homeboy B was going to fall through because, like, T.K. Kirkland is his man. He always responds to him on the podcast and shit. But uh, that, that nigga was hilarious as fuck. And shout out to him for leaving us some tickets. Yeah, man. Because you didn't have to do it. He didn't. He was like, man, you want some tickets too? He's going to be in the show tonight when we dropping this shit on Saturday. So he'll be having a show tonight down at the music hall. So this should drop relatively early in the daytime. So go see my nigga T.K. Kirkland. 
me and Dame will probably be in there celebrating our victory from the from last night. It's not no probably. Like it's gonna be a motherfucking victory. Sugar and fucking Brittany are getting washed tonight. Yeah. So uh we'll be at the Battle of the Sexes event. Shout out to everybody who hit us up, got some tickets and all that. Should we give a victory speech now? Nope. Okay, it'll probably be much sweeter next week. Yep, because you never know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first time for everything. Hey, man, 313 <laughs> wins and zero losses. Hey, man, uh, how was your week, man? Week was uh, week was all right, man. I ain't got – now, let me take that back because I was sick as fuck this week. Nigga, you always sick. My, my immune system ain't, ain't, ain't strong. I all mean, them damn kids. Yeah, they bring they, them fucking germs home. And they do. They they cough and touch each other and touch me and want to mm. lay in my bed and kiss daddy and shit. And next thing I know, I can't breathe. Man, this is random as hell, man. I'm going to be an old-ass father, dog. I can make a baby tonight. Well, what I'm saying is I'm I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it because I think I'm going to look young. I'm going to be. It's Sweetie's Day weekend. Make a baby. I just think I'm going to look young <laughs> and, you know, be uh, a young-ass dad. I'm TK, I'm going to be 60, nigga, looking mm-hmm. at me like, oh, dude, what you about, 34, 35? All it takes is one pump too many. That's it. Just stutter step on that last one, you'll be a father. Oh, okay. I'm not promoting. I'm not trying to have a baby tonight, fam. So okay, well, I'm not trying. You're to... not living on the edge, <laughs> nigga. Clearly, I mean... clearly, I know what cup you're grabbing. Which cup is that? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, man, get back to your week. You said you were sick as fuck. Sick as fuck all week. Uh, trying to think. I got into some trouble at work, but I ain't gonna talk about it on the air. I mean, because just... you keep firing people. I just may lose some of my corporate card privileges because I be. They know. they saw the movies that she was that she was watching when you was in Arizona and shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I be doing some questionable shit with my corporate card. Nah, you just make bad decisions. Nah, though. I live on the edge. Yolo. That's what life is all about, my nigga. Surviving to the next day. No, God no. made me a lot of things, but I ain't gonna be a victim. That ain't one of the things that He made. Dang. Well, I'm not trying to survive to the next day. I want to live peaceful. Nah. I'm happy. I'm. I want to be. You don't like a little excitement. I my life is exciting. Let me help. Let me help upgrade it. Let me help. Let me help hype man it just a little bit. Man, I live a wonderful life, man. I'll be honest, man. God blesses me every single day. Oh yeah, for sure. God is good. Yeah. God is so good. So uh, I don't know, man. This week was slow motion, man. Uh, did you watch the fight? I did. Okay. Yeah, I did. I uh, thought Terrence Crawford. I thought Terrence Crawford was gonna lose. Yeah, he was. It was looking shaky for him at first. Yeah. And I don't think this was. I mean, he not. He won by knockout. Toward I don't think this the, was a good performance. Toward the end of the night, I think he. You know, he got his shit together. But I like Terrence Crawford. I like Earl Spence. I think they're freezing Earl Spence out right now. Don't nobody want to fight him. The only fight he can possibly make is Terrence Crawford, which is probably going to be sometime next uh, year, late 2019. But this fight could be so much bigger if everybody would just fight each other. This nigga, Sean Porter, is running fucking scared. He got him a fucking belt now. He done made so many excuses not to fight uh, Spence. Danny Garcia don't want to fight him. Um, Fucking Mikey Garcia was calling him out. And then when he was like, all right, let's fight, now he pulled out. It's just messed up because I don't know how fighters supposed to fight. I don't know how good these niggas are. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They, I can see the talent. You can, and, and you can see the record, but a lot of that shit be like padded. So everybody, the the skill of boxing is so watered down that any nigga that's better than average looks like a fucking savant or some shit. I want to see these niggas in the in the ring and fight. Fucking Keith Thurman ain't fought in two years. You not. You know what I'm saying? Like. This shit whacked me, dog. 
Pacquiao about to fight uh, Adrian Broner, though. Not even interested. I'm interested in watching the fight, though. You don't think Pacquiao going to watch him? Could be. Probably. <laughs> More than likely. Who knows, though? Yeah. You never know. It's a fight. It's always a fighting chance. I'm not betting on Broner, though. Uh, but I, I'm okay with that. I'm betting that he's going to do something crazy between now and the fight. Uh, white boy swung on the other day. He didn't do nothing to shit. Some nigga got dropped in Vegas, bloody mouth, and they was laughing at him. He swung on him. He was like, in my younger days, I would have I probably hurt him real bad. So maybe he, maybe he's growing up. Mm. They're giving him that same pill they get Kanye. Yeah, man. Uh, speaking of that, a lot happened this week in the, uh, in the socials and shit. Did you catch the Joe Button podcast with Pusha T on there? I did. I did. What'd you think about it? First of all, Joseph, we know you listen. So listen, mm-hmm. fam. I, I'm not. <laughs> secondly, I'm, <laughs> secondly, hey man, these niggas will get to pillow talking and fucking pillow talking. Sometimes it's your own people. It's always your own people. Facts. I'm gonna go back from what you just said. I know you're listening. Like, listen, dog. Like it's so we many, know. Like it's so many coincidences. Remember a couple of back year or so ago, we started talking about. The whooping house episode, right? Some of the story time with dames and shit like that, and we was like, man, we've dude. seen niggas bite story time with dames, yeah. And we was like, dog, if a for sure, for sure, <laughs> like if a nigga put these bitches behind cartoons, like that shit would be super dope. We tell this little short story behind cartoons. Hey, Joe Button Podcast, they do the shit first. Hey, that's a it was a great idea. It's we nothing new under the sun. We didn't capitalize on right. It, right? So then, you know, I got another little podcast I do. I don't want to say little. Uh, me and the homie Ant do a Shout podcast. Shout out to the homie Trinidad Ant. Do a podcast based around television reviews and movie reviews called This Week in Culture. And then Joe Bunn got a TV show called State, State of the, of the Culture. Culture. Then we drop every Saturdays. And then you start dropping on Saturdays. And then last week, well, two weeks ago, they was talking about, man, I don't understand why people like this show, man. I don't know. It's like a vibe. It's like we're sitting around in a barbershop talking. My fam. All I'm saying is, Joseph, we've been putting in work, too. And I know one of the other hosts on your show, a black host on your show, <laughs> has been talking with another podcast that's uh, that records out of here that I, I sometimes frequent their show. And our tags is on everything. And uh, he's even doing an interview with it. So I know you heard. I know you listened. Stop stealing my shit. We'll see. You. We'll run into you soon enough. Soon come. Stop stealing my shit. And I don't run from rappers. Stop stealing my shit. I st- love Great show, though. I still <laughs> fuck with the show. <laughs> I still fuck with the show. Anyway, uh, Pillow Talking, get a lot of niggas, uh, get a lot of niggas done. They get niggas hemmed up every day. Get niggas killed. Yeah, it does. And they got somebody killed in this situation. Not physically killed. Lyrically. But lyrically and emotionally Bars. killed. So this is my issue. I've been telling somebody that I don't think it played how Drake said it. I've never thought that Kanye wouldn't told. I that was the, the the rumor that Kanye told him blah blah blah, right? Right. And I and when Kanye was like was in Chicago underneath the train and shit, he was like, "Look, now I didn't told you. I didn't tell that man that shit." Like when the man said it himself, I didn't tell him. I believed him. I know Kanye not the 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 the, the sharpest knife in the drawer these days. I believed him, and I just didn't. I didn't like how that shop shit. 
turned out. Because I thought he was lobbing questions for him. I thought that shit was just set up a certain way. Okay. And it was self-serving. And I thought, like, why the fuck is you sending that man pictures of your baby anyway, though? Like, that shit sounds weird. You know, sometimes dads compare kids. You know, look at my kids. But you think y'all got an issue, though. Like, an underlying issue. Tell me when your release date's coming out. You got to show me your music. Like, you feel a way about all this shit. But then you send a nigga pictures of your kid telling them about you having problems with your baby mama. Why are you being so open with all this information to a nigga that you don't really like? But because you you feel like once you're a father, like y'all part of a fraternity. Like I can vent to, you know, maybe he thought saw him as a friend. I can vent to him. That's the issue. Like y'all not really friends. Y'all been we neighbors. We we just work at the same place. No, y'all not really friends. Y'all been throwing shots at each other for a long time. Remember Drake? Like, and my my pool still bigger than Kanye's. Like they've been throwing shots at each other all all back and forth. I just never was. I just never thought that shit was the case, dog. I okay. didn't. So Pusha was like, "Nigga, I ain't get the information from Kanye. I got, got it from Forty. Got it from your man's." And I was like, "And I was like, well, I was, <laughs> I'm like, is there another 40? No. <laughs> I was like, "Is there another 40? Like, I don't understand. Uh, some niggas don't believe that happened that way. I do. Pillow talking, fam. <sighs> what's what's worse, dirty macking or pillow talking? Dirty macking is deliberate. Pillow talking is under is is like you shouldn't do it. Well, I can't tell you what. To, first off, I can't tell you what to do and what not to do. But but you know, after you don't release that good nut and you laying on them titties, you know you get a sometimes niggas get a little flippant with the lips and get to telling the bitch shit that they don't really mean. I mean, it's just certain information that shouldn't be said to anybody. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Fucking hey, facts. Look, ain't nothing. You want to talk to your girl after you talk shit. It, that's Talk your about, lady. That's your lady. Why wouldn't, you know what I'm saying? Just don't ter- tell somebody else's business. Yeah, right. That's the issue. You know what I'm saying? Y'all didn't exchange endorphins. <laughs> your endorphins is at an all-time high right now. Yeah. Don't, don't just exchange information that don't belong to you. It's probably easier than her asking you about the wedding or when y'all going to get married. No, Drake got a baby. And, like, I wonder what Drake feel like. Why, Drake, why are we talking about this shit four months later anyway? I don't know. The battle came, went... That Pusha T album, it came and went. Drake's album came, it's still burning. Is it? I mean, he's still on tour. He's Push still your, supporting it. Pusher on tour? So what that mean? Nah, I don't know. I, don't I mean, Drake is a bigger artist than Push. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know that Push album came and went. How many more times have you listened to Daytona? I listened to it last Sunday. Well, on the Lord's Day. I don't know. You listen to Drake every week? I mean, like, is that no, what you're trying to tell me? Or? Absolutely not. I, I haven't purchased a Drake album single in God knows how long. I'm not interested in that shit. So did it come and go? Or I mean, As far what? as I can consider it, it's dead. So? I'm not, a, I'm not like a Drake stan. I know we both light-skinned, but, like, I ain't, you know, I ain't got to live with it. That shit was wild. <laughs> Joe been having some good interviews. I thought the Chance interview was dope. Well, conversation was dope. Yeah. I think that's stole that conversation word from our brothers over at TCE Pod. Okay. They've been calling all the episodes conversations. In the last month and a half, they've been, Joe has switched this shit to conversations. I'm just saying, there's a lot of shit going on over here in Shop Talk Podcast. Don't worry, the cream will rise to the top. We'll see. Uh, so last week we were talking about um, you being uninvited. I was uninvited to a wedding. To a yes. wedding. And you said you was going to get the email. 
I have the email. And um, I got some music. Okay. <laughs> and we're going to play some. Uh, and it's not short, dog. What you mean? The music. Oh, I thought you were saying like the email ain't short, no. dog. <laughs> like no, no, no. dog as in term of endearment. And then, and then the thing is, I didn't really read this email really thoroughly until I copied it and like read it back myself. Like I'm a little offended by this shit, but there is a part two to this whole madness and we have some clarity moving forward. So we need you to read it in her voice. I don't know how to sound like a rat. What the fuck is this smooth jazz shit that you got? It's email reading music. <laughs> so when I read my emails at work, I should have something like this playing. All right, so here goes the email. Uh, last week, if you didn't listen, I was uninvited to one of my homeboys' wedding. Somebody I've known for 20-plus years. I got this email at work, and I'm going to read it off now. So let's, let's cue the music back up. Good morning. I'm sending this in regards to your invitation to the blank blank wedding based on the information that was recently uncovered the joint decision (laughs) has been made to rescind your invitation to this joyous affair recently it was discovered that you are part of a popular podcast in which you endorse drug use violence domestic violence abortion questionable parenting and lifestyle choices (laughs) that do not line up with the views of the impending union we regret to inform you that due to the aforementioned reasons we find at this time that it, we find it this time it, we would appreciate to rescind your invitation along with your plus one. Know that the family fully supports your friendship to the wedding party, but this day is to commemorate joy, love, unity, and commitment. We collectively believe your views do not line up with our vision and feel that it's best that you do not attend at this time unless you are willing to publicly denounce your previous <laughs> views. Hold on, there's more. <laughs> and also submit a written apology to the wedding party. We will allow a 30-day window for your opportunity for a respectful response. If you don't get Kindest the, regards. If you don't get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Like, I don't even know. I know them your peoples and your friends. If you don't get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. I am. Ain't nobody right. Like, get the fuck out of here. Who the fuck? You had your lawyer write that shit? The informant. Get the fuck out of here. First of all, they were not I'm be- offended. There will not be any apology. But shout out to them for saying we got a popular podcast. So yeah, I, I, I do with, appreciate that. I fuck with you on that level. <laughs> uh, but there will be no apology, written or otherwise. Uh, fuck she, your wedding. She holds your parenting skills. <laughs> Questionable parenting. <laughs> right. Drug use, violence, domestic violence. I probably dabbled in all of them. So what, so what you think your mama didn't do none of that shit? You think all your uncles and your cousins at that, at that motherfucking wedding ain't into that shit? Y'all niggas don't do drugs. Ain't y'all about to after y'all wedding? Ain't y'all gonna pop some motherfucking champagne? That's and the get most, drunk as fuck. That's the worst drug of them all. Like get the fuck out of here. She and so I know that's that joint because your man's in on that too. Then yeah. Fuck, what's wrong with your man's? So I so I called him. You know I initially sent the email. <clears throat> excuse me, back to the address. Like, is this serious? Like, you know, like such and such is my people's. You know. I'd still like to attend. Like, what's is this a joke? Who? Do, mm, mm. So I have a little bit more backstory on it. Okay, that this was written by the wedding coordinator. Mm. She was the one who who writ who wrote it, but she got authorization from both parties. That make that makes that makes sense. 
because those words and uh, all that shit could this that right there sound like we not friends. It did not have an emotional yeah. attachment to it. It sounded like it sounded cold. A third party. It sounded professional, but cold, and that's a little bit of my disgust and anger. And th- I don't even know these motherfuckers. So I reached. So I sent the email back. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I didn't hear a response initially. I waited like two, three days because they had to send it to a third party so they can craft their words. Didn't hear shit. I called my man's up because, like, I'm not. We're not gonna play this email game back and forth. I call my man's, but I know the type of work that he does. Sometimes it may lead him out of town three, four days, so it's often common that I may not hear from him. You know, no, as quickly. No, fam, you gotta find. I know he called me back. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he called me back, and we had we had a real tense conversation, and he was like, "My wife, more my soon to be wife, you know, felt offended by some of the things that you said and some of your views." She ran it past me and asked me, would I be okay with it? And, you know, not to cause any discord in my marriage, I decided, yeah, let's go ahead and pull it back. So, number one, I think you're a bitch. Full-blown, full-grown, six-foot, 250-pound bitch. Uh, Fuck your wedding. (laughs) What? I don't know. Maybe her mama... Maybe, nah, I probably won't even take it that far, man. Just fuck the wedding. Yeah. That's the- <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to put I'll that take, out in the atmosphere. I'll take just, that part out. Just, that, just, that, just, just, just fuck out. the wedding, man. Like, if that's how, if that's how y'all want to go, if you're that fucking offended, fuck you. Fuck the wedding. These are just words. You know me as a real person. You know, m- nigga, we known each other 20 plus years. If this shit is really offending you that bad, you know, God bless it. I wish y'all nothing but the worst. So listen, man, this is my thing, right? You got to take into consideration that this shit is entertainment. Like, I don't get on here and say things that I don't believe unless it's, like, clearly a joke. Yeah. But it probably got a 40% sauce on it. You know what I'm saying? I like to say, like, 70-30. Yeah, like, I throw some sauce on it. Like, this may be my opinion, but, you know, it got to be entertaining to an extent. Exactly. I'm still, the the core of me is still me. My values are still my values. Sometimes we laugh and joke, have fun. Like, it's not that fucking serious. What's also not serious as a is you sending me an email when you know me for as a real person. If you have look, my cell phone number has been the same like damn near twenty years. If you've ever known me, it's the same number. I Call had, me. I didn't had the same phone number since two thousand and one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For my seven, shit been the same since two thousand. Just call me. I mean, that's just wild, and like that's just wild to me, and like. I don't know them people, right? I'm just saying, like, that's a hell of a way for you to start out your marriage is letting your wife tell you, now listen. I, I don't want to control be, how people dictate their marriage, and I don't even want to be that nigga. Facts. But who else do you do this to? Yeah. Do you do you, do you, do you agree with the actions now, and now, opinions now, of your... Now, I will say this. I'm not the only homie that's received this, received a similar email. I wish I wish my wife to be was to go through my friends list and tell me who can't come to my wedding. Yeah, I'm not because the, I'm kicking out the dough. I get this that you didn't grew your whole life waiting for this wedding. Fuck all that shit. This is a union between two families. Two families are merging. These people are in my life. I don't agree with everything that your mama did, your auntie did, everybody did. That's not where our friendship lies. Our friendship lies because me and this person can have a conversation and communication. You're not about to go through my friends and tell me who the fuck I can't. 
So initially, bring into an important day in my life. Initially, when I when we did the podcast last week and I talked about it, I had like four or five other homies reach out to me and was like, "Nigga, we got something similar." So like, fellas, I know you're listening. We're all not invited. That shit wild. It's weak as fuck. Put your foot down. Uh, can't be in a high heel though. <laughs> can't be in a high heel like. And I'm not saying that like I, I get it right. Like I but literally. Some, I but get some it. shit, the man of the house got to be the man of the house. Just plain and simple. Like I get it right. Like if my wife ain't happy. I just say like this: happy spouse, happy house. Right. Not that happy wife, happy nah, life. Nah, because bitch, I got to be happy too. Fact. Happy spouse, happy house. Right. I get that. So if there's an actual issue with somebody that we're not going to invite them to the wedding, right? When did you like? We've been doing this podcast for two and a half years. Yeah. So I mean, you knew about the podcast before you sent the invite. Are you being a fake friend and never actually listened. Is nah, that what it is? I think he. I think he actually listened. Not him, because I mean, clearly, I don't know if he. But she, like, she just recently started listening. Like, I don't get it. But I don't know what like my other friends did to earn their uninvitation as well. You'd have known this girl for a long time. Uh, I won't Through say him. Yeah, because they've been dating like. I don't know, five, six years. Shit like this caused me to question, or it calls into question your morals as a person. So if we're going to do that, well, let's talk about your world. Like, are you, what puts you on this high moral ground? Well, you know what? It's your wedding. You can invite whoever you want yeah. to that motherfucker. Absolutely. You got all, you got all 100% rights. That, that I would invite. I would have been cool if you hadn't sent me an invitation. Like, I wouldn't have felt no way about it. Like, because I understand head count, shit like that. You, you got to pay 175 a plate or whatever. So I get that shit. Like I'm not I, I wouldn't have been upset by the shit. But go ahead and tell me what I, tell me what episode it was. I mean cuz you 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 tell me what episode it was. Yeah, what, what was the final straw? Now granted, you be on some wild shit sometimes. I do. Damn going wild. But I don't take the shit serious. I got you know Like I said 70-30. I know you as a human being. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like so I know all to put the baby in the blender. Like I get it, like in in theory that you you I've not, never said put the baby in the blender. Yeah, <laughs> turn, turn that baby into a smoothie. Sm- semantics, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> semantics. <laughs> that shit is actually a. <laughs> that shit is actually. I'm on her side. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like I know that sounds brash, but listen, fam. I mean, I can't call myself a comedian. I don't think we're comedians. No. But you gotta allow me to make the joke, fam. You know what I'm saying? Like, Let me get these bitches off. It's it's like, like allow me the opportunity to get this joke off. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but whatever. It's your wedding. It's your union. You got to live with the bitch. I don't. Hey, man, everybody got the, the right to do whatever they want. And I got the right to react the whatever way I want to how you did. And, like, you know, I'm, I don't know these people. These is my people. Like, I'm not fucking with you no more. Oh, yeah. That, that shit is dead. That shit is dead. And I look at my mans differently because. <sighs> like, as far as I'm concerned, the relationship, the friendship, that shit's dead to me. Like. I don't hate you, but I ain't, yeah, I ain't yeah. got no love for you. I don't you want no, no ill will to happen yeah. to you. But, like, why would you. We good. How would you allow somebody to go? Because you said a couple of the homies did, right? Oh, yeah. It's like so five you, of us. You're going to go. You're going to allow your soon-to-be wife to go through and say, essentially, these people can't be a part of an important milestone in your life. 
I know everybody act like, oh, it's a joint marriage, but it's her wedding. No, fuck no, all that shit. No. This is our wedding. Our. You don't get to you don't get to play both sides of the fence. It ain't your wedding. It's our wedding. Facts. You know what I'm saying? Because if you want to go into this whole thing where there is a specific gender roles, if we gonna play that play that route, we gonna play that route the whole way through. Right. Because if it's your wedding, then you pay for this shit. Yeah, because I know you're not right. You know what I mean. So don't. The wife's family's supposed to pay for the wedding. It's funny how motherfuckers want to be traditional, except when it's time to go pay for the fucking. Yeah, the wife's family. Your father's supposed to. Your wife. Your your father's supposed to pay for the fucking wedding. You know why most of y'all end up paying for it? Because you ain't got no fucking daddies. I'm the pappy. (laughs) (laughs) He saw that bullshit he was dealing with with your mama. Said fuck this. This bitch got it by herself. I ain't paying for this wedding. I ain't raising this baby. So you know, God bless it. Yeah, in the man. most insincere way. That's fucked up, man. Yeah. But listen, man, uh, this week episode, our, our person that we actually interviewed, we interviewed them last week, um, and it was my homeboy, Ro Dejan, and uh, he got a new movie coming out. Hawk. His first feature film, um, Hawk. We had a pretty dope conversation. Um, we just wanted to drop in for 30 minutes or so and kick it with y'all before we head out to this event. And... Uh, I, we were just kicking in here talking, and I just turned on the mic. So the interview going to start like mid-conversation. And we just had a pretty dope conversation about him, how he got started, and um, the movie that's coming out on the second. He's doing the second premiere on the 28th of October. So Yeah, we got to be in the building. Absolutely. So um, hope you all enjoy it, and uh, we'll be back next week. It's the it's the north side. It's the North Rose North yeah, Rosedale Park. Rosedale Park ass nigga and shit. Yeah. I spent yeah, more of my life. I yeah, spent more of my life on PA. I met Pete. Uh, I had uh, had twelve dollars in my pocket. I bought Detroit News and a Fago. Oh man! <laughs> hey, I had first Detroit day news. I met him. First day I met him. That Detroit was, News. That, that was the hottest uh, album, bro. I had ever listened to. It was crazy. That shit was. You know. 13 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a copy of Detroit News. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rain Music. And was the Petey Green music. Project. Yeah. Yeah, I designed the cover for Petey Green Project. That's what's then. up. Yeah. yeah. Shit, we, um, you did the, our first flyer, our first cabaret, you did the flyer yeah, and the shit. Flyer. Mm-hmm. Man, that was, it was like 2005 or some shit. We used to have the little cabarets and shit all the time, and you was doing the flyers and shit. Mm-hmm. And I just it, was talking to him about that when yep. I first got in this game, I was doing flyers. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I, so I guess that is your introduction uh, to the game. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Self taught. Um. Yeah, man. Being broke, like you just you you. That'll make you hustle. Yeah, you learn. <laughs> I mean, being broke and got a kid on the way. You like, I'm 21 years old. Like, uh, I gotta figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I gotta figure out the next move. And I guess the thing was, um, I, when I got older, I had a I had a job working at AT and T and Comcast. And when I got fired from those places, it came to the point where I'm like, I'm not gonna find a better job than this. I'm, you know, I was blackballed basically from those companies. So there was no more $28 hour jobs. There was no even $14 an hour jobs. There yeah, was nothing yeah. but the McDonald's and and Office Max left. You know, yeah. so it was literally $750 or do it my do it myself. Yeah, you know. So that's when I was I was having a conversation with somebody early in the week, like the expectations of certain people in this Metro Detroit area where it's not like a lot of places where you can make a lot of money doing legal shit, right? Mm-hmm. You're right. Because everybody can't be a doctor or a lawyer or some shit. So 
If Other than that, it's like five or six jobs where you can make like you a shit the, ton a month. Like you in the mm-hmm. plants, or you like a good ass call center, call center shit, or like Comcast. Like everybody got, you need somebody to do or some heating and cooling shit. But like, there's not like a bunch of different. I mean, the city not that quick and big. Yeah, Quicken is like a now like shit. It's a bunch of call centers. Like that shit may be. Yeah. No, I mean that stuff wasn't hot. That that stuff was not hot when I yeah. after I lost my job. It was. Now you can work at the plant at the drop of a hat. Yeah, you know, but then that joint wasn't open. That shit plant used up. to be like a secret society. You yeah. had to know somebody yeah. to get in that shit. Yeah. yeah, now it's just you make a phone call, say I need a job, they like come through. It's like dang, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But they're gonna fire you after that 89 days. Oh, right? for sure. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna keep you in that pocket where they can keep you. They ain't gonna give you them benefits, but yeah. you know you'll get a job. But at the end of the day, uh, I got to the mentality that I was not gonna work for nobody. I'm like I'm straight. Uh, I gotta work for myself. That's a good mentality to have. Um, everybody, everybody is not. Everybody can't do it. Everybody should do it, but it's not meant for everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that should that should have you on an emotional roller coaster. One shit be going good, but then when shit go bad and it's all on you, mm-hmm. like it ain't ain't no check coming in next week unless I get out here and get it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like some people need that. Sa- I'm not saying it's a terrible thing, but some people need that safety net. Yeah. But shit, I was just at work today. And they was talking about layoffs. You know, they was talk- cutting people hours back. Yep. And it was just complete panic, you know, inside of my job. But mm-hmm. like you say, when you when you on your entrepreneurial grind and this and this either I get up and grind and get it or I ain't gonna eat, it it spark a different spirit in you. I think the people I think the thing people don't realize about the entrepreneur entrepreneurial situation is that, um, and I'm schooling him now, is basically you'll get to an autopilot situation. Um and what I mean by that is I got over 890 contacts on my phone. You telling me ain't nobody going to call me this week? That's that's where it really is. Like, it gets to that point where I know there's people. You know how they used to say, your grandma used to say, your ears is burning because I know you're talking about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My ears be on fire because I know people are talking about me. I know it. I know people are talking about, hey, I need Ro to do this for me. I need, oh, I want, I, or they see my video. Oh, I need Ro to do this. Once you get in that mentality to know that, You've done the diligence. You've done the due diligence to get out there for people to be talking about you and right. keep your name in rotation. You really don't have to worry about the work like that. You just got to get to that point. You got, and that's where a lot of people fall off. I mean, I can even say that for me and Jay with the podcast. It, there was the points when we was getting like thirty listens. It was like, uh, I don't, I don't know if this mm-hmm. going, if this going to work or if it's going to rock out. But now we getting to the point. You know where the listens is coming in, and now we're looking at well, our next big milestone. It was like that was like the first month or so because yeah. we've been rocking out. Uh, every I <laughs> mean, we, every month is our best month, right? Mm-hmm. 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 Well, but, yeah, uh, that's why I, that's why I tell people too. And I, like, I'm not afraid to put the numbers out there, but I tell people I started up my first year. I think I made like twelve thousand dollars, but now uh, now I'm making around like one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year. All right. So that's just off of my self grind and where I'm working. But now I got what? What'd you say? What it was like seventeen of us now? So it's like it's seventeen people working under my company and mm-hmm. I'm able to help sustain their lifestyles and, yeah. and putting them in better position. And I think that's the main goal Definitely. period. You know what I'm saying? We we do everything to try to help put other when you in a good mind play, yeah. in a good mindset, but we do everything to help put people other people in a good place. In a so, position to win. Shit. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, we got elections and shit coming up, right? And right. all the politicians and shit always be talking about um, this particular person or candidate created jobs and stuff like this. Like, 
I be thinking like, how the fuck do you create a job? Because you open up a factory. Like that's not creating a job. When what you're doing is literally creating a job. Like this company didn't exist just because you moved CVS from fucking from from the east side to the west side. You didn't create new jobs on the west side. But when I create an actual company and I can get people literally put to work, this was not being done by a person before you, like, that's creating a job. Mm-hmm. When you can create a job and they will have someone to sustain themselves, man, that got to be a beautiful feeling. Yeah, and that, and that's the thing, too. Uh, like you said, with big business is that they claim that they're creating jobs. It's not that they're really creating jobs. Like you said, somebody else had to lose in order for somebody else to win. So you didn't create a job. You just... You move some shit around. You just move some stuff around. But what we're doing... Here in my company, I'm literally taking money out of my pocket to try, to try to create a job for someone else. Yeah, you know, I know I could go out and do that gig. I can go do that job, or I can do it. But I'm like, no, I'm gonna give that to him because he'll believe in me more. That's one. Because now he'll see if I keep rocking with Ro, he gonna keep making sure I eat. Yeah. So if I continue to keep doing that with more and more and more people as I go along, one, they're gonna be like. They're gonna go. They're gonna be able to sustain their lifestyles, and then at the same time, they're gonna say, "Let me go get more work for this company." And the business should be able to sustain itself. I don't mm-hmm. want to have to get up every. Like I ain't quit a job to get on another one and have to get up and go to work every day. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I want it to be self-sustaining. Mm-hmm. Well, one other also one misconception is when you're an entrepreneur that you don't got no boss. Oh no, that's shit! You got a bunch of fucking bosses. Hell yeah! Thanks. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody is your damn boss because at the end of the day. If I don't nurture this relationship right, I don't actually eat. Like I literally nice. don't eat. So now I'm going. I'm going out the way to make sure I respond to your email, make your phone call, or do extra shit. Cause like, damn, I I really do need you, mm-hmm. or there is no me. That's Every like, DM that come in through Shop Talk or my personal page, I, as long as you ain't on no bullshit, you're gonna get a response back. Yeah. Plain and simple. And I try and make it quick and efficient as possible. Yeah, I watched the video by uh, Gary V. Oh, yeah, I love Gary V. Gary V was talking about, you You guys think I have 800 employees. I got 800 bosses. Yeah. He said, because the thing is, if I don't get up every morning and grind and do what I have to do every day, these people are going to look at me like, what you doing, Gary? Right. Like, you, you were the one, you're the reason why we even here. Right. You know, so he has to make sure that he does what he does in order for them people to eat. You know, man, I love Gary V. I, I love watching Gary V. videos. I didn't catch you on Facebook a few times with some motivational, yeah, you know trying. what I'm saying? <laughs> some motivational stuff. Motivational stuff. So for the folks listening, tell them the name of your company and explain a little bit what you do. Uh, the name of my company is Coattail Collective and Coattail Entertainment. Entertainment is more of like the movies, the in-house stuff that we do, and then Coattail Collective is the business of what we do for the public. Okay, like we do. I got Shane Park, and I got, uh, um, what's the other one that we do? Uh, oh, Impact Network, and we got these different businesses that we do stuff for. So that's the Coattail Collective business. Okay. And then, you know, we have shows and everything like that we're working on. So so we we, we met, you know, through a mutual a friend years ago in, I don't know, 2005, 2006 or so, yeah. and from you just doing, like, flyers and designs and shit like that, and I remember when you were starting out and with messing with the Photoshop, and then clearly you got better and better, and you moved mm-hmm. into to different things. So after like just the digital and design editing, what was your next? Where did you go next? Um, the next thing I did was I start. I learned from uh, this guy named Mac Pie. Uh, you know Mac. Yeah, I know yeah, Mac. Yeah. So I learned from Mac about uh, engineering, 
And I learned uh, a lot about the whole engineering business and everything like that. And I loved it. I was like, yo, this is dope. So my father always, his first teaching was, can you sell the pen? You know, you ever heard of that? Yeah, like, yeah, can yeah. you sell the pen? Sell me this pen. Yeah, sell me this pen type situation. I learned that in business. And that was the first thing I did. I took something small and I said, okay, how can I keep bartering this until I get everything I need? And I always equated to, I look at everything in my house down to the bag of chips, down to the cereal, and down to everything. I look at everything and say, I bought all of this with the pen. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, I was able to, I got a room full of equipment, 20, 30 lights, because I I started with the pen. And that's what um, the mentality I am now. So when I met Mac, I came in like, okay, the only thing I have of value right now is that I do graphics. So I said to Mac, like, look, I'm going to design all your artists' album covers. Like, every artist that come through here. It was Giovanni, yeah. uh, Holiday, Arrested uh, Guy. Shout out to Gio, man. You know what I'm saying? So I bought I, my first gun from Gio, by the way. <laughs> yeah, the 2.5 you, you talking about? Yeah, a little 2.5, yeah, man. Shout out to Gio. Wild. Put a little edit chop right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, but I was doing all these album covers for all his people, and I, I wasn't doing it. I was doing it for free because I'm like, I need to learn everything from this man to get into this business. And then Mac started giving me stuff like, yo, here's a, uh, here's the interface. Here's this and here's that. Started giving me stuff. And I already had a laptop. So once I plugged all that stuff in and started doing it, then I'm like, yo, Mac, you mind if I start doing like a little music and stuff? So he was like, yeah, yeah, do it. So I started helping him with some of his clients, and then I started doing the music thing. So I started engineering. I started doing all that. So then I got a, my house, and then I started buying more equipment. I had a booth in the basement, started just everything. And then, um, I, I ain't going to say I lost that passion, but when I met M-City, um, M-City was a rapper, and I wanted to get into the rap thing. So I would start rapping with him. I was already rapping, but I got into the rap thing with him, but he was so good at it. Yeah, we had M-City up like, here about a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah that, that guy was so good at it, and I was like... And me and him first did a, a, a concert at a school. Well, it wasn't a concert, but it was like a little show yeah. at a school. And I couldn't remember my lyrics. And he got up there and rapped my lyrics. Because he remember right. We, yeah, yeah. we wrote the song the night before, mind you. But he got up there and he rapped my lyrics to remind me what the lyrics were. So I got back into it. But after that show, I was like, yo, I think we need to just focus on you. And he was like, all right, cool. I said, I'm going to. I said, I'm gonna shoot the video. And we met we met Super Ray. And Super Ray had had the camera with everything. And I was like, yo, what kind of camera is that? And he was like, a little DSLR. And I was like, I didn't know what a DSLR was. Right, so right. I'm looking it up, found out what it was. We bought a camera and I started shooting all M City's videos. And then one day we were sitting around, I was like, yo, you think we can make money shooting other people's videos? And M City like, all right. So he going through his phone, I'm going through my phone. We just called everybody and was like, yo, we wanna shoot videos for y'all. So I started charging people like fifty to a hundred dollars to do videos. And then I met uh, Mike City, and Mike City started like, yeah, man, let's shoot videos. So I started shooting his videos, and he was always breaking me bread up. Yeah. Then I was like, yo, I Shout can out to make him. just got lit. married. Shout out to him. Yeah, for sure. I actually just did a uh, little interview with him before I came here. Oh, that's what's up. So, yeah, he, um, but I started shooting his videos, and then I was like, yo, I think I can live off this. Like, I can start making money doing this. But then I realized that I was more comfortable being behind the lens. Like I've always been, I was always a shy person because when I went up on stage, my heart racing, I'm going crazy, and then I can't remember yeah, my lyrics, yeah. and the music just blaring in my ear. I'm <laughs> like, 
This ain't for me. But, <laughs> so I think we should focus on you. Right. Facts. So it was more comfortable. Not, but now people watch me film and they like, man, you look like you just love doing this, and I do. So it's more comfortable because I feel like I can hide behind that lens, you know. But through that, I learned how to be more out there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So just that's my long story. <laughs> then you, did, you did. Um, the the video for one of a kind, one of a kind. What uh P, G O, Cad man. Matter of fact, I might got it. Uh, it's one of a kind. Uh, one sleep of a kind. was in it. Yeah, uh, oh oh, the one where they was all on the yeah, the, the yeah, railing. Yeah. Um. Who did that? Maybe I did it. I think I, I, don't, I don't know. I can't remember. If, that was uh, so long ago. So long. I don't remember ever having them all like that though. I don't ever remember having them all in the same room like that. Okay. So it probably wasn't me. But um, I did do a lot of Sleepy Eye Jones videos. Um, I did a lot of Pete. I did one for Pete. I did one video for Pete. And I did a lot of Geo videos um, unreleased, Yeah, you know. But we did, yeah, I did a lot of work for them cats. Like, those were my core group really getting out there doing the videos for different people. Man, that's dope, man. Because like, uh, like when you say you started off, you know, working with Matt or doing Mac doing stuff for free. Sometimes people don't, and I still, I'm stealing this from Charlemagne. You don't recognize the the blessing unless it's if it's a check not attached to it, mm-hmm. and you got to do shit for free. Mm-hmm. Because well, my policy in my business is if you can't cook in the kitchen with me, why you why am I breaking bread with you? Yeah, like that's honestly what the what the policy is. Like I, I just talked talk to him about that. Like. We got to get out here and grind this together because I guarantee you, like, there's no, I mean, my my God is good enough where I guarantee you that we going to, as long as I'm alive, we're going to do this. We're going to do this work. We're going to get this money together. And also, you like, know. those people who, um like, don't like taking, like, free jobs, like, yeah. what, what's that expression? Like, you teach a man how to fish, he can eat for, forever. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty much the root of it all, too. It's like, you learn, then you can finally do it yourself. Man, mm-hmm. so, you know, I've always... People so unwilling to take that step back, though. Yeah, I mean, like, this guy, he came to me and was like, yo, I have nothing to do. Like, let's work. I'm like, cool, you all right here, man? Nah. <laughs> I'm like, let's get it. So, like, every time I'm doing stuff, I call him, like, yo, let's roll to this spot. Let's go to this spot. Let's go. Because my thing is, is now, I remember being his age. Like, he, he was 21, and I'm 33, but I remember being as young as he was and being in that mentality of, I just need somebody to be under to teach me the game. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was Mac for me at the time. And I was just like, I need to be under that person. I need to be under. And Mac was just introducing me to so many people. It was just like left and right. It's all left about the and right, relationships, right. I'm man. like, yo, I do this all day for free. Just get me in the rooms. Get me in the rooms. And he was constantly getting me in those rooms. So, but then it got to that point where um, one day Mac would just be like, yo, I got this guy. He got $500 for you. I'm like, oh, let's get it. And then it's like, oh, shoot, this is paying off. You know what I'm saying? So it got to that point. Um, now to the point where I'm charging thousands of dollars for the work that I do. You know, and it's 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 always been a new blessing. It's been a blessing. Yeah. Uh, you remember your first paid gig then? Yeah. That you got on your own without without with somebody like, like I, I seen your work. Take my money. Yeah. Um, actually, this girl, um, Shantae DeLine, she's a, she's a real big, she's doing her thing now. But she had met, she had introduced me to this lady named Robin, and her daughter had a Kinstonetta, and I, I remember the first time the lady came to me. It was like, uh, 
well, yeah, if you like them, Shantae, you know, how much you charge? And Shantae was like, oh, I think like 500 And I'm like, shoot, I charge like $50. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, yeah, 500 And she was like, the lady was like, all right, 500 And when that lady brought that check off, I was like, I can make $500 in a day. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is what it's about. And that's when I got to the mentality of if I can do it once, I can do it 10,000 times. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? I did, uh... So, like, I always had a camera and stuff with me, but I never really took this shit serious. So then when I bought a real camera, a DLSR, and was like, all right, let me let me start fucking with this shit. Let me stop being in auto and start going in manual mode. I'm like, mm-hmm. bet. So I started taking stuff. People start, and then you see with the camera, they will ask you, well, can you do this? So I did some maternity pics for one of my homies and shit, and uh, he, he just wanted to give me some money. So I'm like, all right, give me 50 bucks. Cool. Mm-hmm. But he showed them to his folks. In the barber shop, and he was like, "Well, uh, who did these?" And he's like, "Well, how much did you pay for them?" He was like, uh, "He was like he I try, he I, I paid him two hundred for it, and but I think he gave me a discount, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying?" So when he came back to me, like, "Hey, my man want to do the pictures," he said, um, "I told him you gave me a discount, and you only charged me two, so you can probably do like four. Mm-hmm. I was like, "I'm not gonna charge the nigga four hundred dollars because I don't feel, I don't feel comfortable enough charging mm-hmm. him four hundred dollars." So we did work out a nice little deal, but I'm like, well, shit, you paying me to do this shit? Mm-hmm. And like, it, every time I do it, I get a little bit better. I'm like, well, I can, I can, yeah, yeah. I can actually do this shit. Yeah. Then. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't off three different gigs I did for free. I didn't got like six paid gigs off mm-hmm. the free work I did. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? Definitely. And I'm like, well, shit, I'm better now than when I did that. So mm-hmm. this shit be crazy. I think the biggest, I'm not gonna say the biggest job, but I think the biggest epiphany for me was this lady from uh, Ford Harmon. I did a job for Ford Harmon uh, when they were merging. Mm-hmm. Ford and Harmon was merging. You know, you got the speakers in the doors yeah, yeah, now. Yeah. So they were merging, and the lady from that company, she was from Germany, and she was just talking freely with me or whatever. But we had came in at, I think, $9,000, and it was for a three-day shoot. And it was just me doing a time lapse of them building this structure. Yeah. And then I had to shoot, like, some little video. It wasn't nothing major. Like, you know, a little food and dinner yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, Nothing major. But uh, the lady had told me during the shoot, she was like, man, you know, I'm glad you guys came in when you came in because the guys from New York was talking about 25000 We tried to talk them down to twenty three. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> what? You what? You yeah. tried to talk him down to 23000 and we came in at eight, and she told me, "Yeah, you know, we took the extra money and and got another DJ, and we got some more food for the guests." And it mind blew me because I was like, "They have to, they have to spend that money in order to get that money to do it again next year." Right. So that's what she told me. She was like, "We have to spend this money because if we don't spend it, they see, oh, you can do it for less." So when next year we're gonna give you less money, and so they have to spend it all. So I'm like, that money. Next year I help you spend a little bit. Well, more. you know what's so funny? <laughs> but that's the mindset. Like it was like in every industry. When my my, my two of my aunts are uh, Detroit public school teachers, where they retire now, but like at the end of the year when they got extra money left, they go buy different random shit because they don't want to get less money next year. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what if you actually need less money? You know what I'm saying? Because clearly you didn't spend this shit all. But but in every industry it's the same way. Like. You might as well get paid. Yep. And I learned that I learned that through this business, and that's why a lot of people are so afraid to give their price. 
you're like, oh, well, I, I do, I do it for five hundred. Like, no, I'm like, no, I'll do it for five, five thousand. And there, some people would be like, great, you know, and because they, they have the budget to yeah. spend, they have to spend that budget. So that's why when companies like Ford and BT and all them come to me, I'm not afraid of those numbers. The biggest thing they want to know is where is it going. They don't want you to get them an invoice that say video work. $10,000. Facts. They're going to be like... Video, oh, lighting, yeah. sound man, boom man, d- insurance, equipment. Right. They want to know where all them dollars is going. And then when they know, they're like, oh, yeah, here, here's the check. No problem. We don't, you know, long as they know where it's going. And that's what people don't understand about the invoice, like how important just the invoicing process is. It's so many dynamics to being an entrepreneur that people don't see. And and that's why people are so afraid of it. They don't know how to get into the game. Of and it, and it's so it's so many different scales of that. When you mention like when you mention your price and people don't flinch, not I'm tatted out. I got a young lady that do my tattoos, and you know her mentality when I first started going to her is like you are gonna have this tattoo longer than I'm gonna have your money. So when she threw me a price, I was just like bet. And then when I saw her, like I've been with her for a while, I saw her work getting better, and now you know she don't mind showing me some love. On the shit, cause I didn't, I didn't balk at the shit, and I've seen her do clients. Was like, well, so and so do it for this price. Well, mm-hmm. she's like, well, I got clients that'll pay more than what I'm quoting you. So I mean, hey, if I, that's what you want, I call people that's like that center horse. And what I mean by that is like cinematography people, people that jump to cinematographers, jump to cinematographers, yeah. to cinematographers. Where is the relationship? Where is the everything? I people don't understand this about me. If you tell me up front that you hire me to come do one gig for you and you moving on to the next dude, I'm going to charge you five grand. But if you tell me, bro, I want you to shoot my, my, all my videos, I'm going to be like, okay, we come in, boom, once we build this relationship, you might be able to call me. I ain't doing nothing sitting at the crib. And you're like, hey, man, I want to just shoot this little video at the studio. All right, how much? No, you good. Because we built that. Yeah. Yeah. But I've watched rappers, and I tell this to rappers all the time, and I think rappers, a lot of hip-hop people are the people that we have to, as cinematographers, that we try to train the most in the mentality of how to deal with us in business, is that we are trying to build relationships with you guys, like as artists. We want to build those relationships so when you do get on and you do make it to your next level, that... It's not that we trying to beat her right with you. I told him, even M City that. Like, I'm not trying to beat her right with you, but at the end of the day, Big Sean went back and got a uh, what's, what's his name? Uh, okay, I Lawrence know. Lamont. Yeah. He can, but it took him time. Big Sean had to get in there, get in there tight, make his money, and then when he could make the calls and call the shots, yeah. he said, "Come on, Lawrence, I Let got me you." Get in position first. Yes, yeah. Now that I'm in my position, once I can. Push the buttons, then I'll do exactly. it for you. And that's the thing. That's what we look for, and that's the long run that we know we'll get from you. I was I shot over what seventeen videos for M City, and most of them were free. You know what I'm saying? But we were building together, right? You know what I'm saying? So I shot I shot so many of his videos for the love. It was like I shot so many videos for him for the love. It was like we were trying to build together, build together, build together. You know what I'm saying? But I was, we. Went our separate ways. He was doing his rap thing. I went, became this cinematographer, and started doing movies and everything like that. So, it it was what it was. But you know, that's just what we try to do. We try to build those relationships with artists. Tell us about the movie. About go ahead. So before we get into your your first full length joint, tell us about some of the the shorter films or the, the what what how'd you start? How'd you get into? I'm just gonna make a whole movie. Um. 
Well, I did a couple short films. I actually did this thing I was calling the big picture film or something like that. I forgot what it's called. But it was like five short film movies we were doing. It was me and these group of people. It was like maybe 10, 12 of us. And we were all coming together to shoot movie, these short films together. And we did that, and it was okay. I wasn't great at shooting then. But as I started getting better and getting better and getting better, um, I think the thing that pushed me to want to just do a full-length movie, it was, okay, it's that it's that time for me. I've done enough research. I've done enough looking at what everybody else is doing. It's time for me to get out there and get my feet wet in that game. You know, um, like I worked with Moolah on um, 211, okay. and I was doing audio for, for that. And I'm just watching him and watching his grind and watching how he's doing things. And that was like Murder's first movie and everything like that. So I'm looking at the actors and I'm like, yo, this is dope. Like, this is a dope position to be in. And then I think he was doing another movie before that called uh, Tax Season with Josh Adams. Okay. And they were working on that. And I was just watching how the how all the machines work and how everything, you know, how they do everything. And I was like, yo, I think I want to do something like this. And, you know, my wife is a writer already, you know, Jazar Riches. So she was writing. Uh, scripts and everything like that and her mom was in plays and doing production and stuff like that so when my wife came to me and said I got a script we were like yo let's let's do it like let's get this let's get the ball rolling and that's when we jumped on Disney that's what's up um so you did the directing as well and Mm -hmm. okay I didn't uh my wife just already directed I was the director of photography okay basically um the look of it you know, okay. how it looks, the style, how, how it's shot and everything like that. That's what I was in charge of. How long did it take you to, how long does that process take? The filming project? Yeah. Um, it was about 16 days. Okay. Yeah, about 16 days. Uh, not consecutive, only because when you're broke, you can't pay a lot of people to be consecutive. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. I get you. So it's like, hey, can I get y'all weekends, please? You know, so that was kind of what we ran off of. We got up everybody for three days, uh, you know, out of the week. And people dedicated their time, and we made it happen. And the name of the movie is? It's called Halt, All right. the motion picture. Halt. And uh, what's a, what's, what is it about? Well, give us a synopsis. Uh, this movie is basically about uh, a white police officer okay. that uh, pulls over a black couple. Um, he has a black rookie uh, that he's working with, and they pull over this black couple, and they may have met, not committed a crime. And basically, he's got a little racist side to him. But it, the movie basically shows the behind the scenes of an individual and what they go through and why they are the way that they are, you know. And it's a lot more dynamic to it. Okay. I really can't spend, spread right, that right, news, right, right. but it's a lot more dynamic to it. But we just had we had a premiere on uh, September 29th, and we sold it out. I think it was like a somewhere around 1,050 people Man, that's came great. out. That's big. Yeah, that's it was, big. It, it was a big thing. I actually, um, it was funny because we had only sold like 600 seats, and that was still good. We sold 600 seats, and I came out on stage, and I'm backstage, and my secretary is, is in the front taking tickets. You know, she's taking credit cards and tickets, and I can see them coming in on my phone. So my phone is just going crazy. I'm like, is it really that many people buying tickets out at the door? You know, so I'm just, like, seeing them coming in. So when I finally go out there to talk, 
I come out on stage and the lights come on in the room. You forgot your words. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> See, I'm a, di- I'm a different guy <laughs> now. And then you came in and said his words for him, right? <laughs> no, he had, he had his phone on him, so he uh, Oh, yeah. Phone, you know? See, I'm a different guy so now. Notes. You know, so I came out with the notes like, <laughs> all right, listen, everybody, this is what we're going to do. You know, so I'm just different now than I was then. But I learned that, with like with M-City, he was so trained for that. You know what I'm saying? His mentality was trained to get on stage. That's what he did. He had been doing it so long. Yeah. You know, so now that I took my time and I, I got my training, you know, now when I stepped out on that Put stage. Put your 10,000 hours in. Right. It was not It was nothing for me to get out there and, you know, talk. But when them lights came on and I seen all them people, I was like, oh, we really sold this place out. This is dope. Where was the first premiere at? It was at the Dearborn Henry Theater F- on yeah. Michigan. At okay. At Henry Ford, uh, Michigan, Michigan uh, Greenfield. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice size place. Yeah, it was nice, man. It was really, really nice. It was a really dope spot. Yeah. That's a nice size space. Um, Good acoustics, too. Mm-hmm. And you have a, a, another premiere because yeah. the first one went so well. <laughs> yeah, the first one went well, and it was funny because um, we got so many good reviews on Facebook and stuff like that and on the IMDb. Um, right now, it's at 9.9 out of 10. Jesus. You know, so. That's damn good. Yeah, it was, it was really dope. And a lot of people was calling me and telling me the critiques and everything. And I'm one of those people, I don't never take negativity as, you know, as not good criticism. But, you know, people was telling me the critiques. But so many people loved the storyline. They loved everything about it. So the people that were seeing it on Facebook that didn't get a chance to come, they're hitting me in the inbox like, please tell me you're showing it again. Please tell me you're showing yeah. it again. So I went ahead and found out about the Gross Point War Memorial. Okay. And it's a beautiful spot. And uh, these people just opened the doors to us like, yeah, come show it here. And we were like, okay, cool. So I put it out. I put the flyer on Facebook. And literally within minutes, I'm talking about minutes, I sold like maybe 10 to 15, 20 tickets, like in minutes. So I'm just like watching the numbers come in. I'm like, okay, okay, this is going to do what it's supposed to do. Well, we got we in the building. Yeah, I I definitely want to see it. Yeah, now also there's uh, no tickets at the door this time too. Yeah, yeah, no okay. tickets at the door. So twenty, that's a Sunday, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. bet. I'm sorry, bet, what bet. day is it again? It's a Sunday, twenty eighth. Twenty eighth. Okay. Yeah, we in there. Oh, shit, my birthday weekend. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, shit. As a matter of fact, I, I'm off that whole week. Yeah. Nice. So nice. yeah, we in there. Uh, that's what's up. So this is your first project, and it's probably it's really special for you because this is your first full length. Um, how do you feel about the film? I feel like I feel like it's a great film, but I can definitely go to the next level. Like that's the thing. I'm not complacent. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm I'm not in that position where it's like, oh yeah, yeah, that that's 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 my bread and butter. I'm I'm the coldest in the city. No, right, I'm, right. No, it's not like that. It's like I'm constantly watching it, critiquing. Like I could have done this better. I could have done this better. But at the end of the day. I tell people it's comfortable. It's a comfortable watch. It's a good. It's a good movie. It's definitely something that uh, I've heard a lot of heartstrings be pulled about it, um, especially in the community of relationships and mm-hmm. stuff like that uh, between you know husband and wife and everything. But that's another dynamic of the movie. But uh, I just got a lot of good reviews, man. I got a lot of good reviews. Man, that's excellent, man. I'm happy for you too, man, because I didn't see uh, some of the journey, man, and. Just from uh, a young kid to a, a seasoned professional. And, of course, there's always room to grow. But, man, it's just really dope seeing people's dreams be realized. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you aren't just doing it for yourself, you're doing it for others. Um, I alluded to, you know, sometimes you'll be on Facebook 
and just giving people messages, man. Yeah. And uh, I think that's 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 respectful and as well as much needed. Yeah, I'm getting ready to start uh, my YouTube channel. Um, I've been studying YouTube for about ten, about eleven years now, and this year I'm finally ready to start my YouTube channel. The ag- the algorithm is actually like wide open right now, mm-hmm. uh, where people are able to get millions of views and tons of subscribers right now at this present time. So January the third, I'm getting ready to launch my YouTube channel. I got four shows that I'm working on, um, and that my live show that I do on Facebook. I'm getting. It's called This Is The Thing. Mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to translate it into an actual show onto YouTube called okay. This Is The Thing. Um, and then I got uh, Morning Cup of Joe by Jazar Riches and then Gym Naturals by uh, Jillian Mitchell and then Crack Wars by Tez Bannerman. Like Crack Crack? Yeah, Crack Wars. It's a comedy. And then... Um, Stalker by Mission Smith. <laughs> <Hey>, never <laughs> so, heard of a crack comedy. Hey, look. Oh, it's crazy. What's so funny is like the the double when you say the word twice, that shit been around forever. <laughs> yeah. Cause I say crack crack, like it gives a better explanation <laughs> yeah, and shit. Yeah, yeah. And you just always You know what this, it means. Like the real oh, crack. crack. Like you know Tim? Yeah. Tim Tim. Yeah, yeah I know yeah, Tim. Yeah, like yeah. that double shit always. Oh yeah, no, they actually in the show they do a little chant. They'd be like crack, 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 crack. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. But it's it was actually released years ago, like about six, seven years ago, and we've been talking about it ever since. But I was able to actually pull my man. He moved to Cali, mm-hmm. and I pulled him back to the city, him and his girl, and I pulled him back to the city. I'm like, look, I need y'all to do this show. You know, I'll fund it. I'll put it together. I just need y'all to do this show. So that's where I've really been doing with a lot of people, like bringing them to the table. I'm like, I'll fund the, y'all, I'll fund the shows. Let's just make it happen. Because I'm getting ready. To, like I said, I'm about to do this YouTube channel where – I'm getting ready to do YouTube right. different in Detroit. Like people, it's such an untapped territory. YouTube is Detroit, still like the Wild West. Man. In Detroit, it's so untapped. You go to LA, literally billboards with YouTube channels. Like people that got YouTube channels are on billboards. They're on the side of buses. They're on the side. Of, they're on the bus seats. I mean, they're everywhere. A, I mean, it's an issue. You got your own network. Yeah, yeah. but like in a Michigan, fact. Yeah. yeah, but in Michigan. People think YouTube is where you go watch how do's, how to do something, and Rap music videos. videos. Right. That's it. And nothing against for Show Mag or Jerry PhD. Those are my guys. They dope. But at the end of the day, that's what Detroiters think YouTube is. That's where you go watch for Show Mag. That's where you go watch Jerry. Because they're popular and really, really popular in the game. And I, 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 I commemorate them guys for really pushing it. But at the end of the day, we need to show that different dynamic. And, I mean, even with For Show Mag, they've done, like, interviews and, and things like that. But now it's trying to get into that. Let's do some web series. Lando, Let's do some shit. Yeah. Talk show. Shit. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, I want to I get to the point where we do these, uh, like, like y'all doing the podcast thing. Like, this is this is a dope thing, you know. Man, we got, a, we got uh, two video shows uh, in the works. Uh, over. We got a green room um, over there, a green screen room over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got two... Uh, we wanted to think to your point. Detroit does YouTube different, mm-hmm. and we got this uh, a really good out the box thing that I haven't seen anyone do in the city or outside the city, and uh, it's gonna be lit. You yeah, know we're like the Saudi so we're Arabia. Chop- <laughs> we're chopping up afterwards, you know. Oh, what I'm saying? Sure. But Detroit, we're like the Saudi Arabia of YouTube. Like we just don't really understand it. We don't see it. But then Cali is like USA. Like, they got our resources. They got all everything. Because, like, once you but, get to, you know, you get your, 
once you get to a certain spot, then you got access to all they shit out there in California. Mm-hmm. You can go in there and use their video equipment, man. use their rooms, See, and use all that, that type of shit. Like, come people on, don't man. know that, and that's that's what people don't know. I worked with a, la- a lady, uh, Lexi Allen. Okay, and Lexi has going on three hundred thousand subscribers now on, on YouTube. And uh, when I first met her, I think she had maybe around like thirty thousand. And when I first met her, I was like. Hey, uh, you know, she was getting like hundred thousand views or whatever, and I was like, "You, uh, you probably make some nice money from YouTube, don't you?" And she was like, "Money." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, you don't monetize and make." She was like, "No, I don't make no money from YouTube. I do it. I just spend my little money and I do it." Cause she was hiring a cinematographer to do it, and I said, "Nah." I opened that laptop <laughs> up. I said, "Let me let show me you show you something." You know, went on there. I showed her, and finally, and we start. And she had already been hitting the little green thing. But she hadn't had the little monetize button, but she hadn't got her AdSense and things together. Right. So I went and got all her AdSense together and everything like that, and they had back paid her for all the stuff that it it had already. Oh, uh, that's dope. It had already built up because she had like twenty videos already, and it had already built up. But she was getting hundred thousand views. So when they finally paid her, she was like, "Oh, I can get checks like this," you know. So. Um, I started managing her page. Like okay. I would upload all the video and do everything. So I got to see the back up, back end of it. And they were sending her as we were building and she finally got her hundred thousand. She got her little plaque and everything. And they kept sending these partnership tiers, like these tier contracts that you keep going up and up the ladder. So everybody think you get that first partnership one and now you're done. No, you got like another ten to go through. So she was on her like sixth contract and when we were st- constantly building, constantly building, I called and told her, like, hey, uh, you know, you we just signed another contract. Um, you know, you get free access to the three YouTube studios. She was like, what you talking about? I said, you get free access to the one in Japan. You get free access to one in Brownstown and uh, over in Toledo. And you get free access to the one um, in L.A. To basically you go in and you can shoot whatever you want, you know. And uh, she was like, oh, we need to go out there and do this, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, things are happening, blah, blah, blah. So I don't really work with her on that level no more. But <laughs> right. at the end of the day, it's because I think the thing was she she was a gospel singer, and she's really big in that. So her thing was now she started seeing that YouTube became a career, and she was like, oh, no, bro, you took the fun away from out of uh. this. So now it's like she started backing up, like, oh, no, 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 I'm not trying to be in this as a career. Right. So... Man. That was that was the thing. When I ripped the fun out of it for her, she's kind of backed up. You familiar with uh, Marquez Brownlee? Yes. I mean, he got he has damn near seven million. And he's one of the he's a young black guy, but he's one of the most popular YouTubers. He got six point nine million subscribers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Marquez Brownlee. Uh, and you know, there's different algorithms and different companies out there. You can kind of like guesstimate what they would make. Just based off their views. No, you can go see it. I know. You ever heard of Social Blade? Yeah. Yeah. So you can go in there and type in, like, it's a ridiculous amount of money that some of these people are making mm-hmm. monthly. Like, when I'm pulling, I can pull in $80,000, $200,000 a month off videos. When I got 6.9 million uh, followers or subscribers and every video I post is getting a million views, and the views is one thing, right? But you got a percentage of watch. Is great too. Mm-hmm. Well, see, a lot of people don't know. Is it more important? Uh, well, a lot of people don't know uh, how the algorithm works. You have your, I think it's called CPE. Um, 
All this is written down. Let me see. CPM, right? CPM. CPM, RPM. You got all these different ways that it works. Uh, Let me see what it's called. I actually got all this written down. CPE, CPC, CPM, RPM, and active CPMs. Basically, cost per engagement, cost per click, cost per 1,000 impressions, revenue per 1,000 impressions, and the impression is viewed on screen. So, basically what that means is if you got Jack's Barbecue advertisement in front of your video, you may only make a penny because he only paid like $100 for a 1,000 impressions. Yeah. You know, but if you got McDonald's or Nike in front of your video, they may have paid $10,000 for a 1,000 impressions. So, that basically gives you more dollars depending on what's what quality yeah. of advertisements you have in your videos and in front of your videos. So if you're looking at, that's why it says when you go to Social Bloom, it says estimated $800 and then your cap is 2000 or $25,000 uh, uh, for that particular video or that month. So that's what you look at. You look at those all those things, and then you look at how long the video is watched. Facts. That's why they don't say. That's why they say don't put three minute videos on YouTube. You got to put at least a ten minute video. And that's also why you see like videos on YouTube be ten minutes, five seconds. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. You're trying to get that. They trying to marker. get that ten minute marker because in that ten minutes, you see people calling people out for that too because everybody's yeah. like a, a a social justice warrior when it comes to YouTube. Like you uploaded this video <laughs> before. How dare you try to get them? Like, fam, is it? Bitch, I'm trying to get the bag. <laughs> Straight up, I'm trying to get oh, the bag. Oh, ten minutes and one Did you second like the time. Content? Right. Like it or not? Yeah. I mean, it is. What it, I mean, look, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't hunting down nobody for they shine. At the end of the day, but just let me do me. I let you let do me work. You, <laughs> yeah, you like, I, I could have made this ten minutes into three, but why? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You know, so that's the thing. But it's so many ways that that YouTube work, man, and, and that's what I'm working on next. That's what's up, man. Well, I'm pretty sure you're going to be successful in it, man. You've been successful in everything else. You didn't put hard work and dedication in, so I don't think this is going to be uh, any different, man. Um, tell them once again where they can uh, buy tickets at for Halt and where the uh, premiere is going to be again. You can go to haltthemotionpicture.com, and you can go to the Buy Now button down at the bottom. Uh, you can get as many tickets as you want. Okay. <laughs> I ain't put no cap on it, so... Um, but there is 240 seats available, um, and no, no tickets at the door. And how much no tickets it, at the door. How much per ticket? And it's twenty dollars a ticket, and it's at the War Memorial in okay. Gross Point Farms. Gross Point Farms. So, so once the movie is, once y'all do all the premiere, do you guys like uh, take it like to Amazon Prime or where? Where We're was going. it? Where's going to have its final? Re- that sounds horrible. Like, Final rest place. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I used the terminology when I was talking to Mike earlier. Uh, people don't squeeze. I, I can't stand when a person takes a lemon and they don't squeeze all, all the, the juice, juice out, out of, of it. it. Like, I look at this movie like my lemon. I'm going to squeeze that thing till it's dry. Facts. Till I move on to the next thing. So, yeah, I'm going to do the... Or the what do you call it, the film festival circuit? I'm gonna mm-hmm. do all of that, everything, and like you said, the final resting place is gonna be on the Amazon and the Hulu YouTube. And the nah, they got the YouTube Red. And even you with, can... yeah, even with the YouTube Red, like that may be its final resting place where I say, okay, I've squoze that lemon all the way to it's dry. Let's move on. Right. But with um with the to- the coattail television, we're gonna uh, we're gonna have a, a domain website, right? Where everything's yep. gonna be at too. So it's not just on YouTube; it's also on the website. So if anything ever happens to YouTube in the future, 
It's still there. It's yeah, still yeah, out there. Or boat, or boat is still floating. And once mm-hmm. it touches the internet, it's there forever. Facts. Mm-hmm. Facts. Facts. Never. There's never a resting place online. No, mm-hmm. it's, it's, he did some shit ten years ago. It's gonna resurface. And mm-hmm. man, thank God we didn't have social media back when I was in high school. Oh my God. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. Nobody saw the foolishness I was involved in. <laughs> Shit, I, man, some of the or stuff. Me, middle school for me, because middle school was... Uh, when you was gangbagging. What? I, man, <laughs> I, I was in high school three years ago. I couldn't imagine being in high school today with, like, Little Pump and, like, Smoke Purple, all these, like, influencers. Like, Time out. He's in high school three years ago. Yeah. Come on, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, bro. I you go could to, be my son. I go to my 20-year 20, 20 reunion next year. Come on, bro. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the thing too. Like I and that's the perfect. That's why I keep him around, cause I want to know what these young people are doing. And like he's like, he's in there. He knows what the young people are doing. Yeah. He know the mentality of the young people. So it's like that's what we have to do as older people to keep ourselves fresh. Oh, you got to no reach back. Yeah, you, you got to reach, reach back down and, 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 and see what's going on. And as a young cat, you shouldn't like just because he's old. I'm not gonna call him old head. It's like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about, man. He washed. Like, hey, man, no, look, no, my, you, you you gain all the information. You try to educate yourself because he does have things he can teach me and pass on, not just to me. Like he, anything he teaches me. But that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, reach well, back. But yeah. like you said, stay in the loop. Like my son about to be 16. Mm-hmm. Like I I acted like what you listening to. Mm-hmm. Like I ain't I ain't got to take you. I ain't got to take you to no concert. Like, put me up. Because maybe, maybe you on the wave or something I don't know shit about. Exactly. I tell Man. my son a, all a, the time. A, a child put me on. A, a child uh, put me on. One of our friends' son uh, put me on some music. Uh, we was riding, and uh, he was like, you ever heard of uh, Maxo Cream? Yeah. Oh, I love no. Maxo Cream. Yeah. I was like, no. Nah, let me, you know what I'm saying? Let me fuck with it. And uh, see that honcho? Yeah. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, he what, 14? Mm-hmm. But they, they in the mix. And they, they, my son's life is different. Like, we had our last guest in here was talking about how social media has made people socially awkward. Mm-hmm. And I had to tell him, like, nigga, when I was 15, 16, I got up on Saturday morning, took the bus to the mall, and I hollered at girls all day long. In real life. Yeah, Man. all day long. I shot my shot all day. Now, yeah. granted, today he can reach a wider audience quicker. Yeah, <laughs> like, he on Facebook, like, you can meet girls without leaving the house, but, like, we had to put in the footwork yeah. every week. And your yeah. clothes got to be nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. Clothes got to be tight. And I would come back with, with numbers scribbled on paper yeah. at the end of the night. Yeah. I, ca- I count my riches. <laughs> well, see, I, I, remember, I remember when uh, going to the mall was – how many numbers could you get? Type mentality. You oh, that, what that's what I was on. And it was yeah, it was it was fun. I don't really remember being at the mall. I I remember the the transition of when the mall changed. It was like now the mall is where people met up to fight. <laughs> yeah, like literally, like once social media, once people was done scrapping on social media, the mall was where you met to fight. And I was like, dang, I don't want to go to the mall no more. But when that's I was when they young, started kicking you out at exactly. four or five o'clock. Yeah, I remember when that whole dynamic yeah. changed. Facts. And Fairly, Fairly, start kicking the kids mm-hmm. out at six o'clock. You yeah. got to be with an adult. Yeah, or get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. And, and y'all fight at the bus stop. Northland <laughs> was the same way. Like Northland got to the point where it was like, get out of the food court. We we don't want y'all in the food court. You're in Northland, yeah. either you, you gonna get your you gonna either snatching cardies, you gonna get your cardies snatched. Yeah. <laughs> North, or somebody gonna try to sell you some fake cardies. Yeah, Sorry. I just yeah, I I remember when the mall was just all about hollering at the girls, going to get some gear, showing out your gear, whatever you was doing. Eating at the food court. Eating at the food court. You spend all day. You spend all day in Northland. All day. I get there at ten, I leave at six. Like I was I, working a shift. Because I got lost in Northland every single time I went. Mm-hmm. That shit that little 
It don't make no sense. It don't, I, it don't it fucking was, make it sense. Was, it fam. was built poorly. I'm as trying fuck. to get on the other side of them all. I'm, I'm running around. I'm like, nigga, this Target again. I'm, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. It's the Underground Railroad. And, don't, and then the belt, and then what? A Foot Locker got two entrances and shit. So you think, oh, they go. For, yeah. This shit just wild. Hey man, yeah. I I be I, I tell a, a small known fact. I got laid off. I got fired from work back in 09. Okay. From 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 Comcast. Yeah. I got fired. They gave me enough severance that it would have lasted. I got fired in December. They gave me enough severance to last me to April. And But they called me like, the, well, let me just tell the in between. When they fired me, I was like, bet, I get to work my dream job. I wanted to work at Foot Locker at Northland. Plain and simple. Had an interview set up. Was about to go to the interview. One of our bosses called me back. She was like, hey. I can get you back here. You'd be back on the phones, but you'll make like $18 an hour. Foot Locker Northland was like $9.50 plus the perks of working at Northland. And I just saw my dream job just flush down the toilet. But I was like, shit, I got babies to feed. And that's real. Like, my dream job was, was I think everybody's dream Full job Locker was, was the secret. It was the yeah, secret society back the, then. One of my homies been in. He you was the coolest dude in school you yeah, were. Yeah, little brother. Uh, Who? You got that friends and family day. You got the uh, referee. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, Gadia's son. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his brother. Oh, it, oh it's, okay, Jason. Yeah. Yeah, you wore that referee outfit to the club. <laughs> they didn't care because that was the job. Hey, my homeboy oh, Chris. My homeboy Chris worked at Foot Locker. I don't know what calls he made, but he got me an interview. Nigga, I'm a grown man. Yeah. And my he worked at Foot Locker back in high school. Yeah. I always I reached, to work at Foot Locker. Though. I reached out to him. He was like, I got you an interview. Remember uh, Mike Dean? Yeah, Mike used to work at Foot. He's, yeah. I think he went back after a while. I forget mm-hmm. where he worked at now, but uh, he do. But like shit. Like, if you run in the store, like, you can make good money. Yeah. yeah. And you can wear nice Jordans. <laughs> right, right, right. You, you got to wear shoes yeah, that's right. on the display. I, mean, I was, when, I was like, I was nigga, this is the Mecca. This is what I wanted. I worked there. I was, what, I think I was 20 when I worked there. But I worked at the Livonia one. Nah. And I was Livonia like, Mall? Yeah. I worked at a Livonia Mall back in the day. Like, that shit uh, is a death. It was yeah. it was a di- It was a desert. Might as well yeah. work it was a desert. Yeah. Yeah. But when they finally transferred me to Northland, I was like, oh, yeah, this is where it's at. You know what I'm saying? So... Literally, I became super popular with people. girls working there. Oh, yeah. it's, it's friends and family. Day. It's like Bucharest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ain't nothing but tidies in Bucharest. Ain't nothing but fine. Back in the day. Right. One number fine chicks working at Foot Locker. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. Man, we appreciate you coming, man. And we're definitely going to be there on the 28th. For sure. Because uh, I need to see the movie myself. And uh, I know you got big things in the works, man. So I mean, if you ever need a couple actors, I think we could play some very convincing gangsters in the next <laughs> movie. <laughs> cool, cool. Need an emotional role. What's the uh, What's the website again? Uh, Haltthemotionpicture.com. That's where you can get them tickets. Bet. We drop the uh, We drop that in the links to the show notes and everything too. For okay, sure. Cool. Time for the Benny. Uh, is Dave going wild on everything that matters? Just Twitter and Instagram at this point. Uh, Jay Johnson 313 on everything that matters. Uh, follow Shop Talk Podcast on Instagram. Follow Shop Talk Podcast Studios because we got like a lot of heat coming up out of here. And, uh, and that's where you book at. Yeah. Book online. Okay. Don't don't text us. Don't text me or DM me about no booking. It's easier to just book online because the schedule was updated online. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes I just don't And just know one simple doing. fact. If the time ain't up there, it ain't it's not there. available. Like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's just not available. It's not. If you're my friend, you can text. Say, like, no, fuck <laughs> with you. This book online. I'm not saying we're the Rockefeller podcast, but we are J and Dave. Hell yeah. Peace.